Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow your own food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Welcome to the Urban Farm Podcast. Today, we have Kari Spencer back on the show to talk about her book, Composting Made Easy. Kari is a popular local gardening and homestead speaker. Both a master gardener and a master farmer, Kari enjoys sharing her passion for growing and raising food with others. In addition to teaching classes all over the city of Phoenix, she is one of our talented instructors at Urban Farm U. Her family operates the Microfarm Project, a small farm in North Phoenix, where gardens and livestock animals provide her family with food and fun. She loves to experiment in new ways to create a healthier, more self-reliant and sustainable lifestyle and invites others to join her on her journey. Welcome to the show today, Kari. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Greg. Absolutely. So, you wrote a book called Composting Made Easy. Could you tell us more about the book and how you got there and what it's about? Yeah, well, the book is exactly what it says, Urban Composting Made Easy, (laughs) right? And it doesn't have to be urban. It can be anywhere. That just happens to be in the title. But the composting book is all about how composting works, Mm -hmm. how to do it, and some of the challenges that come with composting and how to solve those. Oh, wow. Right, so it's it's um, a combination of easy how-to and more technical stuff for people oh, wow. who really like to dive in Perfect. deep. <laughs> dive into deep to compost. Uh, huh? Right, or dig in, we could say. <laughs> dig in deep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess you could say it's all the dirt on composting. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Now, you, in this book, you write it, you, you've written it a particular way. I, one of the things that you do that I love in your courses and in your writing is you write in acronyms. Yeah, I like to do that because it makes things easy to remember. Yeah. So you created an acronym out of compost, yes? Yes, I did. (laughs) Tell us about that. Well, it's not rocket science here, but compost, (laughs) C-O-M-P-O-S-T. Nice. So there's a chapter for each letter. Oh, okay, good. 
right, so C is the carbon-nitrogen ratio. Oh, uh-huh. So this is basically how to feed your compost pile and uh -huh. what it needs nutritionally in, uh, in what ratios. All right, cool. Yeah, and so then, that's, where, that's where the greens and browns shows up, right? That's where the greens and browns show up, yes. Yeah, so right. you can get a really great idea of what those terms mean if you're not already familiar with them. Perfect. So what are greens? Greens are things that were recently alive mm -hmm. that are moist and break down quickly. Ah, okay. Organic materials. And generally, how much of that do you need? In you need about half as many greens as you need browns. Or sometimes we say three times as many browns as greens. Ah. And browns are things that are more stable, lots of carbon in them, they're dry, mm -hmm. and they've been dead for a while. So wood chips or sawdust would be browns. Right. Leaves. Newspaper, dry dry brown dry, leaves. Dry brown leaves, yeah. Yeah, those are things that are browns. Right. Whereas things you cut up in your kitchen for your salad would be greens. greens. Right. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And I, I'm always, in the fall, I'm always cruising around the neighborhood looking for leaves. Yeah, we have to do that here in Phoenix because we don't have as many trees as some other locations yeah, have. Go. So we got to get go. them where we can. So that's the C. <laughs> yeah. And O is oxygen. Mm, uh -huh. Compost is broken down by living beings, microbes, oh, yes. and other things that live in the soil that need air, just like people do. Mm -hmm. So we've got to make sure there's a good oxygen level in, in our compost uh -huh. piles. Yeah, and then hand in hand with that is M, moisture. Oh, right, got to have water in it. Water is key. You, your pile will not be active if it's not moist. Uh -huh. And so we tell you how to do that, how to get it to the right level of moisture. Oh, perfect. And, and how often that you need to I get think, it I right. think one of the things they say is you want to be able to uh, take a, a handful of this stuff when it's properly moist and squeeze it and a little bit of water comes out. Yeah, about as moist as a wrung out sponge. Oh, very good. All right, cool. Yeah. And then the P is particle size. So uh, the smaller that we cut down particles, the faster, faster they will decompose. Yep. But this is where it's tricky mm -hmm. because if you cut them too small, they can really mat. Oh, yes. So we want particles of different sizes in right. the pile, uh -huh. not just teeny tiny mm -hmm. and, and not too big. Yeah, so we go over that in detail and how to accomplish that. Um, o is for odor. Odiferous. Yes, pile can be odiferous. We want it to smell good, like mm -hmm. the, like the forest, right? But sometimes, occasionally, a foul odor will pop up. Uh huh. So that chapter is about what those odors mean and how to fix them, and maybe? how to address them. Oh, very yes. good. Yes, and they very can be cool. quickly, quickly remedied if you know what to do. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. And S is for site. Where do you locate your pile? Uh, okay. Yeah, and there's a lot of factors that go into that uh -huh. from just your personal way of being. Do you mm -hmm. want it near you? Do you want it farther away? What's most convenient for you? What, but also, where will it be protected from animals, mm -hmm. from too much sun or too much moisture? Or on, in here in the desert, we protect it from uh, from evaporation. Drying out too much. <laughs> from yeah. drying out, and we, we expose it to as much moisture as we can. Yeah. So it really depends on where you live and what your climate is like, and the chapter goes into how to figure that out. The place that I keep my compost pile here at the urban farm is in the chicken coop. That is a perfect place if you have chickens to keep yeah, a compost you, Yeah, because they're, they're, they can do tilling for me, mm -hmm. plus they're going to eat any bugs that show up, you know, because occasionally we get bugs and compost, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's, you know, protein for the chickens. Yes, yeah, that is a great way to compost, and we do that on our farm, too. Yay. Yeah. 
And the last letter is T. That's temperature. Oh, yes. How hot should your pile get? Mm-hmm. And there's different ways to do composting. There's cold composting. Right. Where the temperature isn't raised at all, but that takes a long time. Mm-hmm. Very long time. If you can get your pile hot enough that when you stick your arm in it, you can really feel that heat, uh-huh. it's going to compost a lot faster. Oh, so it's not too hot. Not too hot. Too hot can happen, but probably not so often in a backyard composting situation. It would be more of a concern in a commercial composting situation because our piles aren't really big enough to get so hot that they combust. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But we do want them to feel hot. We want to be able to feel that heat. So we'll talk about what to do if your pile does not heat up. Oh. And how to manage that. There's right. a there's a really easy system for doing that. And the book lays that out for you in a very simple manner so that you can make the magic happen in oh, your perfect. compost pile in your own backyard. Great. So what inspired you to write about your composting experience? A couple of things. One is that when I get excited about something, mm-hmm. I want everybody to know about it. <laughs> that's the teacher in that's me. A, that's the teacher in you. That's right. Yeah, I love to teach. I love to give people education in a, and to package it in a way that's easy for them to go home and do. Uh-huh. Secondly, I was fascinated with composting and how it worked. And I was learning so much about soil health and the microbial activity and the fungus that grows in soil which is really a good thing fungus doesn't sound great but it most of it is wonderful for our soil and scientists are learning so much about it and we don't even we haven't even scratched the surface of the benefits of healthy soil and fungus and how it works and how it works absolutely i don't want to pass this one up i get people that email and call me and say oh my gosh i have mushrooms growing in my yard how do i get rid of them don't tell them don't celebrate Celebrate them because that means that your soil is beginning to show the signs of being a good host for fungus Mm -hmm. and most of them are very good and mushrooms aren't bad at all mushrooms not at all just don't eat them unless you know exactly what they are and that's really hard to tell so just let them pop up they'll pop up and then they'll disappear as your organic matter breaks down they tend to go away but uh, going back to why I wrote the compost book I was fascinated by it Mm -hmm. still am still am learning and the best way that I found to learn is to do research and if I'm doing the research why not put it in a book for everybody to be able to grab so that's exactly what we did perfect Perfect. So do you have any takeaways that you want your readers to take away once they read the book? What's, you know, what what are the takeaways? The takeaways are, I hope, first of all, that they will get as excited about soil health as I am. Mm -hmm. And that when they read the book, that they will put the simple system into action and start building some compost in their backyard and putting it in their gardens and seeing what happens, seeing their garden come to life. And I just really want people to be successful and to see how much of a benefit it is and what a great difference that it can make in our in our landscapes and mm-hmm. in our gardens. Perfect. So people can get this book? Yes, they can. Where? <laughs> well, you have it made available. I do. Yeah, so... This is actually... Uh, so to be fully upfront, this is actually a book that I published for Kari. <laughs> yes. So you can get it at urbanfarm.org. 
Yes. 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 And I hope everybody will. Yep. Perfect. So you're, you haven't just written this. You've been writing for years. Yes. And you have a microfarm blog I on do. your website. I do. Tell us about that. What's the, what's that about? So my blog is at themicrofarmproject.com. So if you're interested in taking a look at it, please do. And I talk about whatever is interesting me at the moment related mm, nice. to gardening mm-hmm. and urban farming. I even throw in some some blog posts about canning and preserving and just everything that is related to having a farm. I have also started highlighting urban farms that are interesting to me and oh, giving nice. that information uh-huh. out as Perfect. well. Perfect. So that was the microfarmproject.com. That'll also be in the show notes. So you'll be able to get that in the show notes. And you have a you have a newsletter that you put an yes, urban farm newsletter, yes? Yes, so you can sign up for that on my website, and we send out a newsletter quite regularly with uh, all the information that we're learning on our farm with event information as well, because I teach a lot around the valley. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can. And online. And online, mm-hmm. and in person at my farm as well. So you can get all that information, whether you're local or whether you live somewhere else, there's, there are events for you. From your blog, what is one of your more favorite pieces that you've written over the years? Well, I actually have a two-part blog about container gardening. Oh, yes. And it's probably the most popular piece on the blog. Really? It gets the most hits. Mm -hmm. And I really lay out the method to container garden vegetables successfully. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really easy to do. There's just a few things that you need to know because it's quite different from gardening in the ground as far as your preparation and your management goes. But container gardening is great for people who don't have very much space to grow food. Maybe they don't have a yard. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of people who live in apartments or condos that still really want to grow something. And so container gardening has gone from just being for flowers and ornamental things to entire vegetable gardens grown in containers and so that was really fun to write and it's been a lot of fun to share with people over the years. So what current projects are you working on now for the future Kari? Well I'm currently writing another book this one's called City Farming. Nice. And it's all about innovative urban farmers and how they're solving some of the challenges of urban farming. Wow. You've, yeah. started, you've started traveling over the country to interview people for this, haven't yes, you? Yes, I have. I've been to some really interesting farms here in Phoenix, but also in other states. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun, and I've learned so much from other urban farmers. And what I'm really interested in learning from these urban farmers are things that a typical farmer like me, who's not a scientist, who's not a mechanic or an engineer, can go home and do. Mm-hmm. So very practical ways to solve the challenges of urban farming so that we can get food growing everywhere in our cities. Perfect. Perfect. So, timeline on that book? Well, it probably won't be coming out until December of next year, 2016. Okay. But we are starting to put some of the information up on the web at cityfarmingbook.com. So, you can get a preview of what the book will be about and also actually look at some of the farms that we've been interviewing and filming and writing about. 
And I think that people will really enjoy that. If they're interested in urban farming, take a look at that because these are people who have gone before you, who have great ideas. And you may there may be some things that you hadn't even considered that you might want to do on your farm. So we're working diligently to get as many farms up on the web even before the book comes out. Perfect. Perfect. You know what? I don't want to pass that up. There is so much good information in watching other people. In permaculture, we call it observation. Mm-hmm. So go learn from your peers. It makes a difference, doesn't it? It's free and it's valuable. It'll save you a lot of headaches and it'll give you some inspiration as well. Yeah. So what advice do you have for our listeners? Well, if our listeners out there are like me and like to share information mm-hmm. and, and want to write, I would really highly recommend that you get out there and get a blog. There's lots of free ones that you can download on the web and and they're very interactive and easy to do, but just start putting content out on the web. Your experience is valuable to other people. Mm-hmm. And the more information that is out there, and the more interest that we can generate in urban farming, I think, the better. And we can all learn from each other. And if you aspire to be an author, you've got to get content on the web. Mm-hmm. Because sending in a manuscript is antiquated now. And yeah. the publishing houses don't even look at that. So put your content on the web because that's where it's going to get seen by the people who can publish your writing and get it to more people. So let's talk about that for a minute because that's how your current publisher found you. And yes. they're out of the UK and we're in Phoenix, Arizona, right? Yes, yes. So tell us that story. That's a fascinating story. That's a, like a major win there. Well, I just started blogging and putting content out and one of my followers, unbeknownst to me, was a scout for 5M Publishing, which is out of the UK, as you mentioned. Uh Yes, and they were wanting to break into the urban farm market because they publish primarily big ag publications. So if you go to the pig site... Dot com. That's theirs, and it's all about commodities and oh, you know uh-huh. things that backyard farmers may be interested in but may not apply at all. Mm-hmm. And so they want to break into this urban farm market, and they wanted to break into the U.S. market. And so this woman who's been following me contacted me and asked me if I would be interested wow. in writing a book for them, which would be their inaugural foray into the U.S. urban farming publishing. Wow market that's that's magic as far as i'm concerned that's magic well, it's very exciting also extremely challenging and a little bit nerve-wracking to be in that <laughs> position but i am having a lot of fun with it especially visiting the farms and collecting oh, yeah. all of the content for the yeah. book has been a blast exactly yeah exactly so do you have any last thoughts for our listeners before we uh, wrap this one up well, I hope that they will get out there and do the composting and read the book and mm-hmm. just make some compost in their backyard. It's it's gardener's gold yes, and it's it free. It yes, and the biggest thing is just, just do it. Whether you read my book or get information from somewhere else, just make some compost <laughs> and use it. Perfect. So you can find Urban Composting Made Easy at urbanfarm.org. Uh, top right is a shopping cart button. Go there and it's the book in the book section. So, Cara, you have a gift for our listeners today. Yes, I do. I just finished putting together a PDF version of the instructions to compost. 
and they're broken down into very easy steps with photos oh wow <laughs> and pictures so it's fun to read it's fun to look at it's got some really nice pictures in it and it'll be an easy quick read and it will get you started right away perfect well thank you for that Thank you for that. So to find out more information about that, just go to the show notes on the Urban Farm Podcast and we'll get you over there. Great. So Kari, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience about writing this book and composting. Uh, It's been a real blast. It has been. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you everybody for listening. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. And until next time, have a farmtastic day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.